July 4th week? Week. That's I don't what it know. Is. That's all I thought. It was the main conversation of it's everyone weird. I had. Yeah. Is, is this, it was last weekend, July 4th, is next one, is it okay when it's on a Wednesday? I think the best day for July 4th is Thursday, which will be next year. Yes. Because then you get Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I got you. The other one would be a Tuesday. A Monday or a Tuesday Giving you a strong. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Right. Which we had the Tuesday last year, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's weird. I got you a present, though. Oh, really? Yeah. This July 4th week. Thank you. Uh, Whoa. Yes. Adam has himself a soundboard. <laughs> I have a lot of sounds. Uh, uh, and There were some sounds. I, I'm not going to go crazy. Yeah. We're not going to make this like a soundboard game show. But there's a few sounds I thought we needed, like... What's up, man? <laughs> Jimmer say calling Quentin. Well done, my friend. Well done. Uh, thank you to Nikki G for putting this all Way together. Way to go, Nikki G. Uh, guys, uh, coming up on Wednesday for July 4th, the actual one, we're going to have a mailbag, and there's a chance that my dad, Phil Sims, will be a part of that, that guy. Scooping Phil. Super excited about that. But, uh, I mean, I got everything in here. I even wanted to put in uh, the quote. Pay that man his money. Oh, that's, that's got to be. I think as we talk about Odell Beckham right. and your dad's awful imitation of pay that man his money. Also, one of my favorite movie scenes ever. When Matt Damon beats John Malkovich when in When he Rounders. goes in there and, and, and John Malkovich goes, he me fair I still, I, or, and he goes, oh, it's okay. I pay you with your money from that last time I stick it in you. <laughs> I <laughs> and love then when he other, does that. I, I thought we needed another one for contract, so yeah. I put in. Great cash, homie. Yeah, Randy Moss, straight cash, homie. Still Randy. the best. It, being interviewed while going into a truck and saying, when you as rich as me, we don't use chips. Straight cash, homie. He's the man So right I got there. a few good ones, and I got this from your wife. Yes. Woo! <laughs> I'm so glad. She'll be so happy to hear she made the soundboard. Uh, and, uh, so I'm that very is excited. amazing that she's official now. This was a weekend of non-NFL sports, but for me, it kept coming back to the NFL. Yeah. So the World Cup, so great, so awesome. But of course... Kylian Mbappe, the 19-year-old French footballer, as soon as he's out there and makes a name for himself, you're texting me and, and you're going, yep, that's what an, an athlete looks like playing soccer. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Again, I'm not trying to take shots at all soccer players. I understand there's a lot of phenomenal athletes out you there. You kind of like taking a little well, bit of shots. Well, I take shots because, yes, I believe that there's a, cer- there's a certain level of athlete that's not involved in their sport. And I look at a guy like Mbappe, who I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. All, you just went, that 19, that 10, the kid wearing number 10 is incredible. I mean, he was doing video game stuff, and yes, that would be my point. That's the type of athlete that I would think you would see if Americans put our best athletes forward. You would see Odell Beckham Jr.'s the world doing video game things like he did to start that game, where he basically was like, oh, I'm just going to kick the ball and outrun you all to you. it the whole way down the field. I actually had this discussion with one of our world football people, and I said, see, what, what Sims is trying to say is that if you had a tight 
Tyreek Hill or an Odell Beckham on the outside, and he was just threatening all game to run as fast as he can and go on a race. Yes. How would that impact the defense of another team? And they're like, I guess it would threaten them. I go, look, because it's a football mindset to use different guys to open up different exactly. areas. Exactly. It, it would open up space if you had those kind of and speed And so for the Mbappe, edge. if you know that I can just kick it as hard and it's a race to the pylon, I don't think they have pylons to the flag. <laughs> yeah. Let's get it. Uh, yes. And so that happened. So I, we, we started texting about football players. We did. During and did, that world And we got game. some tweets and Instagram things, I guess, about it. Yeah, a few it, people right? on Twitter were like, man, that Mbappe run, it kind of made me think about Odell. Yeah, exa- yeah. exactly. And I can By promise the way, shout you. Shout out to Odell. Get what paid. Up, what up, Odell? Uh, play it, Odell. Play What up, Odell? What? Great cash. Or pay that man his money. Uh, Damn it, I'm getting told what to do. I think, like, and again, like Mbappe, I would be shocked if he's faster than Odell Beckham Jr. or Tyree Kill. I'm just saying that. He's probably in better long-distance shape. We know that, certainly, yes. But that is a special type athlete. First of all, I'm rooting for France. I can tell you that right now. Because of diplomacy and racial harmony. Racial harmony and diplomacy (laughs) is what I like about France. And they're exciting to watch. They attack. Like It's about them opening the field and scoring. And I didn't know who Mbappe was. Not many people did. I was thinking of the other kid. Who's the other guy? Pogba. Pogba. So I knew Pogba. Pogba's name, and the first time I saw Mbappe run down the field, I went, "Man, this Pogba is real." I've been, I've been hearing this nope, name, Mbappe. and they were like Mbappe, and I was like, "What?" Yeah. So I also thought watching uh, world football, uh, Messi is Antonio Brown, right? And Ronaldo is Odell Beckham. Yeah, I hear you. There are certain things that Messi can't do, the attacking-wise, that Ronaldo can yes. physically. Right. And that's how we feel about Antonio Brown and Beckham. Yes. And what's funny is people get so upset at us for not saying Antonio Brown's the greatest uh, wide receiver in the game. Right. But in his own right, he's incredible. Incredible. Just like Messi is. Yes, but he do is. you agree with that? I do agree with Antonio that. Antonio Brown more is of a, Messi. Yes. Odell is Ronaldo. More, yeah, Ronaldo, more straightaway explosion. Uh, maybe not as good side to side, but still very quick feet that can yes. cut on a dime. And I, I listen, I'll defend Messi with this too. Not that I'm some expert, but damn, I mean, he's a small guy who's been playing for a long time. He doesn't have, like, just for me, from my naked eye, he does not look. As explosive or as fast as I remember watching four years ago. Of course not. You know, he just does four it. Four right. Exactly right. So uh, I want to give a shout out to all the people that missed on Odell Beckham getting a contract, including our man Rod Simba. He gets June 27th. Uh, Steve Stratford, Kevin Wynn, Austin Peck. I mean, we're at like 400 guesses now. Uh, someone, though, wrote, our man Chandler Frankenfeld wrote, Diggs is better than Odell. Wow. I'm sorry, Chandler. Yep. Sorry. You need to get off the heroin. Uh, <laughs> or hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick Rodriguez says Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, and then Joe Lacero also guessed yesterday. Adam and Chris love the pod. And may I say the merch is lit. Thanks, So, man. again, you've guessed July 28th. I have guessed July 20th yep. for Odell I'm contract. coming in too early. The 28th ain't going to happen. Uh, LeBron got a contract. Oh! Uh, that was the big news. Yeah. Uh, I have a, a fan question here from Kevin Vaughn 2 uh, on IG. <laughs> Heavy with, hitter. With the NBA draft just passing, I was wondering about why there's a difference in timing in the draft and free agency in the NBA and the NFL. Can you speak to the pros and cons of a league having its draft before free agency like the NBA versus having the draft after free agency versus mm. the NFL? Mm, that's a good question. I thought about it, and what it made me realize is whatever is second 
gets more attention. So the draft is is um, second for the NFL, and thus it's your last chance to get that wide receiver that your team desperately right, needs. Right. In the NBA, yeah, you could take your draft, but it's really always going to come down to free agency. Yes. Now, I know the makeup of the leagues themselves, you know, you're getting seven guys in an NFL draft that could all be valuable. Yes. In the NBA, you got 12 or 13 roster spots. Right. The one guy is bigger, but... Yeah, the M- the NFL draft means more than the NBA draft. It does. Um, it's it's a really good topic of conversation that I, honestly I, I haven't thought a whole lot about. My first thing is I think I do think like in the perfect world, if you were an NFL GM, you'd probably rather have the draft first and then free agency. Let me see what I get the draft. Now I have this market of players out there that I know who they are. They've mm. been in the NFL, and I can fill in the holes. The problem is this, I think, with the NFL and why they can't do it that way. It's just more people, right? The NBA draft, okay, it's 60 people drafted. They know these people up and down. They've right. been watching these people since high school. They knew that they were NF- NBA player or caliber type players, right? To where there's just so much turnover in college football every year. There's no way, like, if we just switched, like, the NFL draft to when free agency starts in the start of March, guys like Bill Belichick would only have a month to catch up you know, after they've won the Super Bowl or been the Super Bowl. So I think that's why they have to stay with it. I think what our guy is saying is probably correct. The the pros probably outweigh the cons if they could switch it around for the NFL. And do the draft first. Do the draft first. But you're just, I don't think you're capable of evaluating that many players and formulating a game plan Mm. to how you rank these players. Whereas in the NFL, you could have free agency in March and April and you kind of know those guys. Right. And while you're doing that, you're studying the draft guys and going, okay, let me find it. You know, the NFL is more about hidden gems than the other sports. Yeah. Right? So it's about finding. Cam Chancellor in the fourth or fifth round. Damn, you got a Hall of Famer in the fourth or fifth yeah. round. That shit doesn't happen in the NBA. You, re- you reach that point where you get to the third round and you got this quarterback just going, Pick me, man. Pick, Pick me. me. And you're like, I got to get that guy. I got to get that guy. Chris Sims, go uh, on my roster. You're funny. You're funny. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like they it fits the league, though. That's interesting. The pro player personnel is always going to be more up to speed than the draft at that point. But I was watching LeBron and I was refreshing because I'm a Sixers fan. I thought we had a chance. I thought, I mean, I'm shocked. I was shocked that he went to the Lakers. I, I really thought it would be the Sixers. Then all said and done, I thought he was going to like it was going to be close between Lakers and Sixers, but he would stay in the East and do that. It's funny because it made me realize he, in the article I saw of Lee Jenkins, he made a lot talking about why Magic Johnson meant so much. Sure, and it took me back to Peyton Manning's mm-hmm. free agency. Yeah, and when I. I forgot that weekend was a crazy weekend of following private jets of where Peyton's going to go and all the teams he's meeting with. It's not often in the NFL we get a moment like that. But what sold the deal for him to Denver was John Elway, a former great that went through and and, and in his second life created the Philadelphia Soul, the Denver Broncos and all that. And I kind of think that's – I think LeBron Payton went through a very similar thing. I think there's some truth to that, yes. And, you know, I'm sure both – first of all, Payton was smart enough to evaluate the Broncos and go, this team doesn't need much. They get a little quarterback play. This D is special. We can do something. We get a receiver or two, and that's what they did. You know, I guess where I look at LeBron here, yes. I I mean, LeBron's more magic than Michael, right? Don't you agree? Yes. I I mean, I know you weren't— That's what people have said there his entire career. That's what I've always felt like. I grew up seeing enough— Exactly right. Just a more athletic version of a Magic Johnson. And um, I guess where I look at it is— 
I mean, unless they make another dramatic move here. Yeah, you think they're still going to get Kawhi? I could see them getting Kawhi. I, I just, I got to have think, a bunch of those medium pieces that you just right. trade. I just got to think there had to been a conversation on Saturday night between Magic or LeBron, where hey, LeBron might be making this move because hey, it's L.A. and it's a yeah. life move and all that stuff too. But I know he's not just going. Oh, I want to enjoy my life and not win any more rings. That of doesn't course. matter. So there's got to be something else happening with Demarcus Cousins, Kawhi, Javale McGee, Tariq Evans. We'll see. Guys will take less to play. Yes, but it, I'm surprised. LeBron doesn't take less to play. That's what I don't get. If he wants rings, I don't know why he doesn't do it. People forget Michael Jordan was making two to three million dollars a year the first three NBA championships. He made nothing. He basically let the team spend it on everybody well, else. Didn't LeBron take less when he went to the Heat? Well, he took less. Like, but I'm talking like, do Michael Jordan less? So nobody see this is where all these things You're get lost in context. To Jordan. Well, they just get lost in context over the years. Michael came back for the second group of three and he said, NBA, you're going to have to pay me, and they. Basically changed the rules of the NBA so Michael could get thirty million a year back in '96. Yeah, people forget all those things. So I was shocked. Like, if I'm LeBron and you have a billion dollar contract and rings are the name of the other day, I would have signed with the Los Angeles Lakers for five million dollars and said, "Go get Kawhi, go get everybody else. I make eighty million a year from Nike. I'll be fine." Would he have been seen as selfless or ring chasing? Maybe, but it, maybe, but I, I don't know. It seems like the rings are the only thing that matters. Let me bring this back to football. Yep. Sorry. I thought no, don't apologize. It's LeBron. It was the it's the story of the freaking summer. But which NFL player? Yeah. Would be if if everyone in the league was a free agent. Yeah, who would be the guy in the in the NFL that would be the first domino? Who would be the most coveted free agent? And I went through and I went, it's quarterback, yeah, right? Like right. It, we're going to start there. Who do you think it would be? So pull up the teams. I went through, and the first thing that I kind of thought about was, all right, so maybe it's Aaron Rodgers, right? right? That's who I think Sims is going to say. Of course, yes. That would be my number one. But, but he's it's 34. Exactly right. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little LeBron-ish. Right, but the difference is, is this is an NFL 34, yes, not an a LeBron NBA, NBA 33. 34. Right, I get it. So the other names that I started to think about. Yeah. All right, so Russell Wilson's at that sweet spot of 29. Agreed. Matt Stafford's at that sweet spot of sure. 30. But then I start looking at the younger guys. Yeah. And I go, would guys wait? for a Deshaun Watson at 22? Like, would he get more attention than a Russell Wilson at 29? Mm. Is Carson Wentz at 25 more valuable if we're if it's the first domino than Aaron Rodgers at 34? Mm. Then I'm going, man, Jimmy G, the ripe old age at 26, Mariota at 24. Yep. And then do you wait? Do you go for the Mahomes at 22 or the Trubisky at 23? Is it just the young quarterbacks? Who do you think, if everybody was a free agent, would be the LeBron James of NFL free agents? Well, I do think the quarterbacks are going to be that guy. As much as, it, you know, again— Still Tom Brady the, yeah, at 40? Well, yeah. I mean, he'll be, he would be coveted. I don't think he's going to be in, in a list of the guys you mentioned there. I mean, the other position guys that we could say are maybe up in that conversation, right? Yeah, who, who, are gonna, who are we going to put? I'm going to put Odell in that conversation at okay. his age right now. Okay, the Khalil Max, maybe at his age, Aaron Donald at his age, sure. they're in that stratosphere. Um, maybe even a Jalen Ramsey if you wanted to win corner. But I still think at the end of the day, if we're going to make the parallel to basketball, yeah, it's going to be the quarterback, the guy with the ball in his hands yes. the most. And I hear you with Aaron Rodgers. Like, okay, yeah, if you had to pick a guy right now and you need to win right now, I'm still going to go Aaron Rodgers. But if we're talking long term, like you're saying, a franchise. we're building a franchise. If Watson didn't have the injury, 
I would go watch because his year was so incredible. Right, he would. He showed me potential. He showed me off the field structure. He showed me everything to go. This guy's got it, and he's got it all, and he can be a superstar. He made you go. Whoa. Big offseason. Big offseason. All right, so Watson, but he's injured. So then where do you go? I think I would go with Russell Wilson. At 29. Russell Wilson being number 11 on the NFL players thing is one of the – it almost should disqualify the list. That's the dumbest thing ever. He was, I think he was ranked at 89 in Madden. We're going to get to Madden ratings a little bit later. But I just, that would be – The chronic undervaluing of Russell Wilson. Man. I mean, I don't know what else anybody's watching out there. I mean, it's it was the greatest one man show in the sport last year. It was it was incredible. Yeah, like that Arizona Thursday night game when he ran backwards. It's insane. It's un- insane. So you would think you think Russell Wilson, if we're starting a franchise, and it's that he would be the number one guy yeah. over all the young quarterbacks. Who, who did I read this weekend that said Russell Wilson's an MVP? Somebody, one, a defensive lineman said it this weekend. But yes, over all the quarterbacks, I think age, leadership, you know, the professionalism, mm. and then the ability to be good in any offensive system, he has that. That's like what I, you know, we talk about. That's where I think like guys like Rodgers, Wentz, you know, uh, Russell Wilson separate themselves because the system doesn't matter because they're so physically gifted, they can just basically be like, oh, we're calling that play from seventh grade still? Don't worry, coach. I'll make it happen. If we were actually drafting, where does Matt Stafford go? In the NFL circles, he's going to go a lot higher than the public circles. Yeah, The public circles, right. I, I realize this every offseason. Yeah, I know. None of y'all watch. You don't watch. Mm-hmm. You sit there and you count yards, and then that guy's good. I mean, the, these the Madden rankings, the the top one hundred rankings, in which you got like Matt Ryan and hey, these guys over team matters over, I, and and over Stafford is insane. It's an insane team matters. I mean, I just watched. That'll well, be the greatest gift sport. this new coaching staff brings to life. I don't want to hear about Messi even in Argentina. Argentina stinks. I just follow soccer a little. I didn't know one freaking guy in the team. I mean, no, none. So I mean, you don't the know team, Iguain? no Maserano, no, no say, no, I don't know them. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean I don't know. Yes, I know. So you looked out there and went, what? what? <laughs> I got all the sounds. I like it. Nikki G hooked it up. <laughs> uh, one thing that was interesting, and to wrap up, kind of LeBron in the NFL, is Miles Garrett tweeted out, <laughs> LeBron, if you don't take your throne with you, I'll take it. Take it, Miles. This is a few weeks after he called out Kevin Durant for being a snake for going to the Warriors, right? Miles Garrett is getting a little cocky. It don't matter because when they see him in person, they ain't going to do shit to him. But the thing about Miles <laughs> Garrett is everyone forgets that he was hurt in the beginning of last year. Yes. And he still finished with seven, seven and, and a half, half. sacks. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are getting excited about the Cleveland Browns, but man, like I'm just. Miles Garrett could be one of those guys we just talked about too. Definitely. Oh, that, like you're, you're investing You could draft really him. What? He's a no brainer. It is a no brainer. I, I watched two snaps last year in the NFL, and I said, oh, he's going to be a superstar. It's, it's all you need to know. Mm. He's phenomenal. He's strong, quick. He's got good hips. He's got unbelievable power. Yeah. He truly has a chance to be a superstar. He has the type of potential to be the best pass rusher in football for consecutive years. I mean, for four or five years in a row. Yeah, I really do think he could be that type of guy. But sorry, go ahead. What was no, he else saying? I was just saying that, like, Miles Garrett is is becoming one of the more vocal young NFL players. I, mean, yeah, I love it. I do, too. Because I... There are certain guys, it's weird, every time he tweets, it becomes a news story. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, former first-round pick and all that stuff, but it's just cool to watch develop. Yeah. Take the crown from him in Cleveland. It's cool. That's a good way to do it. And I like the way he called out Kevin Durant, too. So, Are the Browns going to be the hard-knock team? 
Yes. Oh, their win-loss total is going to be so high. Oh, my god! Because they're going to get overhyped like the Bucks were. Probably. Everybody. It's the, it's the hard knock. Now, I did go back, and there is no direct correlation between being the hard knock team and your, your over-win-loss thing right. being too high. Right. But I feel like the public perception always – they're going to be – people are going to talk about the Browns winning the North. All over the yeah, place. Yeah, that's insane. The Browns have potential to be a difference-making team this year. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, or do I hear some people that I... You know, again, we'll just go back to the receiver conversation. There's a lot of potential all over the team. Uh, but I'm not going to put that trio of receivers in the top five of the NFL until mm. they play a game and we see actually them, them do something out there together. It's, but but all over the roster, O-line, D-line, you know, got a corner now, got all the things you need to be a successful football team. Because I say so. That's Thank right. You, Sims. Because I say so. All right. Uh, I got a picture for you. I cannot say heavy hitter when that music plays. Heavy hitter. Would you be like in your bed as a child listening to Funkmaster Flex and I, you would say it? Well, even like it was always on, you know, 97.1 and things like that yeah. growing up in high school and college. So when I hear that right there, it's heavy hitter. Anytime I talk about Tyron Smith, you always laugh because you go, you saw him one time and it shocked you. Right. This shocks me. I know. Shaq and Tyron Smith taking a picture together, and Tyron Smith looks like he's 5'11 and out of shape. <laughs> and Shaq is just towering he's over up him. To, he's up to Shaq's upper teeth. I mean, I've never seen a human like Tyron no, Smith. No, there's no human like Shaq, though. <sighs> Ever. Is that just the difference between NBA players and NFL players? Yes. Well, And then Shaq looks bigger now because Shaq's not worried about running down the court now. So he's probably 400 pounds, where when he was playing, he was probably the same weight as Tyrone Smith, who was seven inches shorter. Do you think somebody like Tyron Smith, whose entire life is taller than everybody— do you think in that moment he feels normal? He he probably goes he probably for the first time in his life feels small, but I promise you in his mind he's going, I could whoop him still. <laughs> you think so? I can whoop him. I wasn't sure like right. really huge people. Right. It's gotta be a little bit of an annoying life. Do you play basketball? I, oh. What's the weather right. like up there? Exactly. So I the try f- finding some fucking clothes. I was gonna say. I mean, what do you think Tyrone I mean, you they have to waste cash money on clothes because Department stores don't make clothes that fit Shaquille O'Neal and Tyrone Smith. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. That's I mean. So that's, they have to go and get everything custom. Well, I mean, there's no quite. There's no quite. Like Tyrone Smith's, you know, ass. We can't get our arms around. Yeah. And then his waist, we can. It's smaller than both of ours. That was the craziest thing. You know about what I Tyrone mean? Smith. Right. So his waist. Right. His waist. His legs. His shoulders. He's built. He's built like. Fucking Captain America or Thor really or somebody. Uh, the other picture I wanted to show you is a much maligned player that a lot of people disagree with. Michael Thomas. Yeah. I sent you this photo. People were freaking out on the internet going, holy crap, he's built like a linebacker. He definitely looks bigger. Uh, check it out. I'll put it on he's the a big receiver. Instagram. What does that picture mean to you? Does it mean anything? Because a lot of people got excited. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know why there was the excitement there. There's a lot of guys that look like that with their shirt off in the NFL. I just, so you're not that impressed? No. Now, he's a big, thick, strong receiver. There's not a lot of receivers that look like him. That... So all those Michael Thomas fans, sorry, bros. Well, I mean, it, it's it's impressive. He's obviously in shape. There's no doubt about that. Like I said, he's a bigger receiver. The people that are going to have that type of body at receiver in the NFL, you know, Julio, the Josh Gordons, yes. those bigger type guys, when they take their shirt off, they look like that too. I think one of my things, though, is this year is really working on giving Michael Thomas respect. I get you. Because I think in the playoff games, he hit like another gear. He did. You know? Well, he's a, he's a, 
Would I look? I don't look at Michael Thomas ever on film and go, "Ooh, wow, I'm so impressed by the explosiveness." What I'm impressed with him is smarts, route running, oh, fearlessness, reliability, back shoulder catches. Yes. So for playoff football, when stuff gets tight and physical, and there's a little more holding, and the refs are chicken to call it. That's the kind of guy that's going to be able to go, I don't care if you are Richard Sherman. I can yes. get you off me or Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, I think that's the thing about Michael Thomas is it's hard. I, I'm not going to put him in that, in that second tier sometimes with Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. He's like Alshon Jeffrey. It's the same kind of thing where you go, there's, there's going to be a place where you're going to really be awesome. For, that's the Super Bowl and we need you to catch contested passes. Yes. Michael Thomas is going to be there in those moments. But he's not going to catch five-yard slants and ever go 70 yards for a touchdown. Yeah, he's on tire count. No, he's not going to do that. Right, stuff. Right. Speaking of uh, wide receivers, Antonio Brown, the last week or two, mm. Antonio Brown and Cam Newton have been working out together a lot. I've watched a ton of their videos. I saw one video of their working out with Jim Jones from Dipset, Dipset. I used to work out with Jim Jones. What? Dipset? What? what? Me? Yeah. Did he hold the camera up and go, we got championship shit no, but no, we, we should, we should get Jim Jones in here, Wait, though. why were you working out with Jim Jones? Jim Jones used to work out at the place I work out in Jersey. Parisi's. Yeah, in Parisi's. He'd get after it in there, man. Was he athletic? Um, man, I never saw him do anything with his legs. I could tell you that much. All upper body. All, I mean, he was king. Shoulders, presses. Curls, bench, and pull-ups. Man, he could compete with anybody in that. So he was getting ready to go out to the beach. He, but yeah, he was the man. He's a great dude. He but is. he was he was having a great time with them. Right. So what? Did he down there in Florida somewhere? So I saw one video where they're working on a beach together, and they're right. doing like a thirty-five minute run on the beach. And Antonio Brown's like back like a half an hour before everybody else. Antonio Brown's conditioning is, is unparalleled, off, off the charts. Uh, it's incredible. Yes. I mean, the fact that he came back from that injury last year yes. and had that game against the Jaguars, yes. like his bone was coming apart from his muscles. He's Right? Obsessive. The other part, though, was they were running a lot of routes together, and they were having like night throwing sessions where Cam's just bombing it to Antonio Brown. And every video, Cam Newton kept being like, "I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes." One, how does Cam's teammates feel about him throwing with somebody else? And how does Antonio? How does Ben feel about Antonio Brown catching passes? Do they care? Because I would see Cam's receivers maybe being more upset. But then again, it's also Antonio Brown. Exactly. I don't think anybody's going to care. I think they're two big enough stars to where nobody's going to feel like they're playing sides. I bet you Cam's invited guys down there, too. Mm. Just go, if you want to come throw, let's do it. Um, I don't think there's going to be any issue there. I could see maybe, to me just as an ex-quarterback, I could see maybe a big Ben being a little bit like, you know, I don't want to say threatened, but a little in his mind, like, damn, okay, or, or he's gonna, go, or he's at least in his mind going, damn, I wonder if he likes his footballs better than mine. I wonder if he's realizing his arm is a lot stronger than mine. Like, I would be a little mm. probably insecure about that. I guess. Have you ever heard of top tier quarterbacks throwing with top tier wide receivers from different teams? <sighs> yeah, I have a little bit. Yes, just because at times there's guys who live by each other. You know, they're friends from college, whatever it may be. They played college football together, so it goes on. A little more than you would think. Um, so you think Big Ben might be self-conscious, and then I think I'm, I'm like one... not to a bad level, but at least going through his head like. You is know. arm strength a big thing? Like, do quarterbacks go, man? I wonder if he's more accurate than me. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, all of it. All, all of those things are going to go into play, man. right? Oh man, is he throwing? Is he launching balls? And Antonio's going, man, his deep ball is amazing. It's better than Big Ben's. Like, those Ooh. are the things that they're going to think of. Sure, definitely. And I'm sure some of the Carolina receivers are going to think things like that too with the receiver. I was position. worried that Cam was going to go to Carolina camp and be like, man. Uh, 
I wish I had an Antonio Brown. Hey, here. listen, the mother, he's got DJ Moore. I'm telling you, that guy can be that kind of player. I, at least in my evaluation of what I saw, that dude from Maryland is legit. I think he could be a superstar. And, you know, let's not count out our guy that I'm, I'm going to still not count him out, at least Curtis Samuel, the kid from Ohio State. I love him. You know, he's got a lot of potential. He just he got never got healthy so last year. Right. Last right. Year. He really did. So that's a little bit of an issue. Uh, but it's cool to see and Big Christian Ben McCaffrey, doing that. man. Yes. They got good levels. We, we, and Greg Olson. Carolina, probably their most reliable. Carolina is one of those teams that's flown under the radar the whole offseason. Like, yeah, well, the whole North Turner story was weird. Yeah, it was. It just felt like an old retread. And Nor- it kinda, it's just not exciting. Norv and his whole family coming in to coach the offense of the Panthers. It's the Turners. <laughs> brought to you by Turner. Uh, all right, so the big news of the weekend, though, from the NFL front was Cam Chancellor uh, kind of retiring. Yeah. Uh, he really wasn't cleared medically to play. Uh, he had a big post, and he said to walk away from the game by choice is one thing to walk away from the game because the risk of paralysis is another. My final test showed no healing. First, I want to say so happy he got that contract in because he's got more than $11 million of guaranteed yes, money becoming right? like five and six the next two years. That's awesome. That mean his money. That's $11 right. million. Dollars. He only broke his fucking neck for the sport. Let's not like cheap out now. I don't want to hear a deal being made for less than what he was guaranteed. Don't do that either, Cam. You broke your fucking neck for the Seahawks. One of your special abilities that I am not good at is remembering injuries to people. Mm-hmm. Like, you you said when Cam Chancellor first got hurt, you're like, this could be career-threatening. And nobody else was saying it. What, had you been seeing this happening for a long time with I him? Just, I just know through history, with neck, first of all, neck can get you blacklisted in the NFL. Like, truly, in the black book... Throughout the league, like you seen this happen to somebody? Yeah, I, I've just I know through so many people, just through years of whether they had the neck injuries in college and they had potential to play in the NFL, and every team's just like, uh, oh, I don't know, it's a neck, you know, it's it's contact sport. So if you see a player get a neck injury, oh, the entire NFL's kind of circling. There, you're you're on the you're in the book until you've been proven that you can tackle a running back again head on. Peyton Manning, everybody was so afraid it, of his neck. Exactly right, and but I mean Cam, he was scared too. Yeah, Cam is a different animal altogether because of the defense, the position he plays, and the way he plays the game. I mean, it's a sad day. A Camp Chancellor is one of my favorite players to play in football the last 20 or 30 years. He is... They couldn't have been the Seattle Seahawks without Cam Chancellor. They would never have been that special of a defense because his skill set of being a safety slash linebacker... 6'3", 220. ...is rare. It's just rare to have that kind of guy to be able to go, oh... He can carry Gronkowski up the seam, and then the next play, he can take on Zach Martin in the hole and stand him up and tackle Ezekiel Elliott. Like, that crap just, that doesn't happen. And it's a very rare player, and it was a rare defense that needed the rare player, and it really all came together. And I guess what I would ask you is, is he a Hall of Famer? That's what I was going to ask you. Fifth round pick in 2010, four-time Pro Bowler. Two-time second-team All-Pro, won a Super Bowl when they demolished the Broncos. I wrote down, is he a Hall of Famer? Um, Not that long of a career. Right. uh, Super impactful. I would also ask, was he ever the best player on his own defense? Mm. It's very close. You're right. I don't know. I feel like there were some years it was Richard Sherman. Yeah. I'd say there were some years it was Earl Thomas. I'd say some years it was Michael Bennett. Might have I'd been say Bobby some years Wagner. it was Bobby Wagner. I get you. And this is something that is a really hard thing to figure out with yes. a lot of these 
these great defenses is they always end up electing one guy to represent a lot of the team. And this was such it was a system. Yeah. And the system relied on having certain parts. I would ask you before you get to Hall of Famer, Mm -hmm. is Earl Thomas Cam Chancellor the most perfect prototype duo that we've ever seen Mm -hmm. of strong safety, free safety? I think so. Of all time. I mean, again, I'll go back to my story the first time I ever watched them working for New England Patriots, and I had to go give my Saturday, like, I don't know who we were playing the next sun, the next day on Sunday, but on Saturday, I had to give my Tom Brady, I had to give him the report on the team we were going to play eight days from now right. to Tom Brady so he could have it so when the game was over Sunday, Start he thinking could go, about let it. me just look at this, so I would have it. So I remember walking into the locker room, and I'm going to give it to him, and he goes, what they look like? And I went, I went, they are fucking for real, Tom. And he looked at me and he went, really? And I go, I said, if they're not the best defense in football, I don't know who is. And what year was this? This is 2012. So this is like two years into Cam Chancellor's career. Earl Thomas kind of has found his place. Richard Sherman's there. I'm watching Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor not... Is this the Super Bowl year? This is the year they're going to lose in the championship game Mm. to um, the 49ers, and the 49ers are going to lose the Raiders. They're going to win the Super Bowl the next year. So this is 2012. And, yeah, you know, of course I knew everybody was talking in the NFL. Seahawks defense, so good. This guy, Richard Sherman, who is he? I hadn't really studied them yet. So this is my first week to study him. First of all, I had a tremendously hard time, make all the jokes you want, of breaking down their defense. Because Because at this point you've told us before, the cover three press bell, the responsibilities and the shifting, the NFL hadn't really seen it. Now it's everywhere. It's everywhere. But back then it was still confusing. It was like like to take it just a quick dive. First play of the Super Bowl between the Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks. When Demarius Thomas had exploded? Got, got killed by, by Cam, Cam Chancellor? Yeah. Because Peyton Manning thought it was man-to-man, and it was a pick play, and he even he got fooled. People didn't even know what they were doing. And I told you, I broke down the games, and during the week, I'd have our tight end coach, George Gotze, he'd have to look over my work. He was kind of my boss on a right, day-to-day right, boss. Right. And I brought him down like, I was like, dude, George, I don't know what this coverage is, man. I'm not sure. I was like, the receiver goes this way. Earl Thomas plays him man-to-man, but he goes this way, and it's zoned the very next snap. I can't figure it out. And he goes, all right, we'll cut out all the ones you got questions for, and we'll talk about it after the day's over and the players are gone. So I bring it down 700 there. 700 plays. There was like 90 <laughs> plays. And now – and. You know, the first one was like easy, and he's like, oh, you're an idiot. It's cover three. He's like, are you kidding me? Is this what we're going to talk about? And I was like, wait, you're going to see like 50 more clips here. And then like the next play, he was like, okay, damn, what is this coverage? Okay, hold on a second. And we went through. We had to call Josh in the room, and wow. we had to figure out, okay, it And what is was zone. McDaniel saying? Well, he was he was set us straight. Oh, no, this is zone. Look at this. <laughs> he got it all right. I mean, Josh was already oh, over to Josh, a degree. Whiz kid. Whiz Josh kid. saw it one time. He was like, idiots. Yeah, yes, right. So, But he got us all over it. But, yes, yeah, so that was my first um, inkling of Seattle, that defense those two safeties, man, special. So, so you believe they are truly the best safety combo in the history of the NFL? Just trying to make sure I don't make too crazy of a Who comment. Who was with Ronnie Lott? Yeah, it's nobody in that. Brian Dawkins had like Michael Lewis, but he's not, I don't know. Um, no, Ed, Ed and Reed Troy never had anybody Never had special. like that super special partner. Yeah, I, I think this is probably, this is in the conversation for greatest duo ever. And let's not forget, this is in the conversation, this defense in their prime, for one of the greatest defenses ever. Sure. I mean, the greatest season ever. I mean, just think about it this. 2012, the number four defense in football. Always Two, the number one scoring defense. Always the number one. 2013, the number one defense in all categories. I mean, scoring 
passing, yards per game, pass yards per game, rushing, they were like number 10 or 11. But that, 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 that 2013 defense, I mean, let's not forget, that Broncos team was the greatest offense in the history and of the they sport. they beat the crap out they of They lost 43-8. to eight. I remember that there was hope in the NFL in, I think it was week one or week three of the next season, when Peyton Manning hit two deep balls against Seattle in the fourth quarter and showed a wrinkle that could beat the cover three press bail. Exactly. It was this crossing route, and he hit him on the sideline, and then that's when people found the cover three press bail beaters. You win the Super Bowl. Everybody takes a week to study what you did. That's Why did it. you win the Super Bowl? What were you doing that was different than what we did? Right. Okay, like yeah, I'm you sure had everyone talent. studied the RPO with the Eagles all offseason. All offseason. You're going to see a different world with the RPOs this year. You definitely will. So it's it's a little crazy. They, he's not a Hall of Famer, though. I think he's a Hall of Famer. You think Cam Chancellor's a Hall of Famer? I think Cam Chancellor's Even a Hall of Famer. Even with the shorter career I do. and I all mean, the other talent around him. Yeah, because I think he's in the conversation for the best safety in football for about five to six years in a row. He's mm. in the conversation. And this is where I was getting back to. I forgot about this point. I will say this. My years around the NFL, whether I knew people in the 49ers before Kyle Shanahan when I would talk to them and they were playing Seattle in their prime, or whether I knew Kyle and he was in Atlanta and he was playing Seattle when they were in their prime, whatever it was, I can tell you more times than not, when people would break them down, there's two names that always came up that I think people were like, we know Michael Bennett, right? Yep. That that was always like, damn, he's so much better than people realize. Right. And then almost always would be they couldn't run that defense without Cam Chancellor. Always. I remember when he sat out those two games in the holdout and they got their ass kicked. Beat. And right. the Bengals were like splitting them. He might have come back from that game with Tyler Eifert. But the, the offense just didn't look right for the first two weeks because yeah. he was that middle linchpin that did so many things. He was a fourth linebacker. He was also a safety. Right. Richard Sherman is on the Niners. Earl Thomas is embroiled in some form of contract holdout. They never really had a second corner. Yeah. And now now, Bobby Wagner, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Richard, Richard Sherman, Sherman, Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett, for me, all deserve to be in the Hall of Fame conversation. All five. All five. There, this is one of the all-time great defenses in the history of the sport. And we've seen all other— and none of them were the Super Bowl MVP. I know, year. and none of them were the Super Bowl MVP. That's right. A guy that's—Malcolm yeah, um, uh, Smith, Smith. Malcolm Smith. But yeah, I think they are in that conversation. I do. Wow. I do. How many of the forty the forty six defense Bears guys got? Yeah, like I mean, a lot of them, right? Richard Dent, Hampton, uh, Michaels, Singletary, Singletary, right? That's four or five. I mean, yeah, from the great defense. How many from history. your Buccane- the two thousand two Buccaneers team? So uh, Lynch is still trying to get Lynch, in. Yeah, so Sapp and Brooks are in, right? Right. Ronde, I think. Will I think Ronde is going to get point, in too, right? Because he's got like the forty forty club or whatever it is. I don't think Lynch will ever get in. I don't know if Simeon Rice is going to get in, too, but Simeon's freaking close. I don't know So either. it's tough. The five guys, like, I have a feeling Michael Bennett might not get no, in. No, Michael Bennett will be the guy I would pick. If anybody Damn. got screwed, it'll be Michael Bennett. Uh, the other thing I was thinking, too, is what m- the top three plays that I'll never forget from Cam Chancellor. One, the hit in the Super Bowl, yes. which was incredible. Start the game. You Right then you were like, uh-oh. Oh, yeah, it was over. The Denver's, Denver hasn't seen a team like this. That was like the first this. game that we watched together. You're right, it was. It was the first game we ever We're watched together. Ball, right here at Bleacher Report. My second play that I remember from him was the Monday night game against Detroit, where Calvin Johnson was going in for the touchdown, and he punched it out on the goal line, and then it bounced out, and then and he, he tapped it out, it out of bounds. bounds. Like Bobby rule, Wagner tapped it out yeah, or something like that. the should have been. But yes. he, to, to, to punch on the on the goal line, it was, incre- it was just perfect timeliness. Yeah. And the second was the two leapovers of the Carolina Panthers. 
Panthers in the playoff game when he jumped over the center with ease. And I remember us looking at each other and going, he just changed the game of football. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do that next season because he just did it so perfectly. Right. Cam Chancellor was incredible. Yeah. Um, this is I, this is all on script, but I realized this the other day. Yeah. If that was the first game that we watched together at Bleacher Report, I realized that we share a very special moment in time. Yeah. Very special. Yeah. I snuck into your first game as an NFL player. Oh, the Eagles. When I, me and my dad, my dad was doing refrigeration for the Eagle Stadium. Right. I put on a shirt and I pretended I was working. And he said that he went up to the gate and my dad's like a hustler. And he goes, listen, we got, we got a bunch of ice machines down. We got to get in there and fix it. We get in, we climb up. Rocky comes down the opening of Lincoln Financial Field. I snuck into that game. Mm. That was your first game as a pro. My first game. Man, nobody held the clipboard like I did that day. Ooh, I, I snuck into the game. You <laughs> held the clipboard. I just thought that's funny. Yes. We were, we were in the same place at the same time for right. your first NFL and game. having no idea that we might meet at some point. Philadelphia. Damn. Heavy that's pretty dope, hitter. right? That's a heavy hitter. We were like, yeah. I don't know. 100 yards from each other. We're the two best friends that, that anybody could have. have. All right, so I got a, a fan question here. And by the way, when today's episode, we have... What all, day is that? When today? When today's episode, uh, July 4th. Uh, we've already gotten about two to 300 questions. Good. So don't send any in. We're going to record it on Monday because we're not going to be here on Wednesday. But one that I want to do today, so good it hurts, uh, sent in a question about Nick Foles and the Bucks. Any chance the Bucks are interested in Nick Foles with this whole Jameis Winston situation? If so, what can Howie get out of them? Fly, Eagles, fly. Um, Jameis fires his agent. What do you think? Do you think that the Bucks right now are are, are going to wait this out? I mean, they haven't cut him, so no. I think Jameis is still going to be there. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you think what there's any chance? What are the Bucks going to do? I don't know. I, I'm just saying... It would be hard for me, as a GM, to have Jameis Winston as my quarterback at this mm. point. I really would. I, it, it hurts me to even say that, but I, I, it's the truth. It's just it's what it is. And I do think they're in a little conundrum down there. And yes, Nick Foles could be that type of guy. I don't think the Eagles are going to trade Nick Foles. They can't. That's I want to say this for all Eagles fans mm-hmm. because I've heard this a lot. A yeah. lot of people have come up to me and said, some people have even told me the Eagles messed up by not trading Nick Foles. Did you watch the season last year? Yeah, I know. Did you see the fact that backup quarterbacks matter in this league? Mm-hmm. There are not a lot of guys like Tom Brady who seemingly don't get hurt. And even he does sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you, we are in the Super Bowl window. You just won one. The the availability that you look, the Seahawks are the perfect example. We talked about that team. We thought they were going to be a dynasty. And the main reason is Russell Wilson's contract. We have three years or two years left of Carson Wentz on this current deal. I want the backup. I want all the pieces in place. I'm not trying to trade Nick Foles for a second-round pick that who knows what it's going to be next year. The backup quarterback is more important. I don't know how Carson Wentz is going to be. Mm -hmm. If he's not ready for the first three games... Put Nick out there. Yeah. They're both egoless. Nick Foles is donating all of his book proceeds to charity. Wow. Carson Wentz is giving free food across the country. They love each other. They, like There's no con- quarterback controversy.
controversy at all. It's the perfect situation. It is, for the most for part. For right. A second-round pick, it's not necessary. No. We're trying to win two Super Bowls in the, in like three years span. That's the window. After that, Fletcher Cox's contract gets too big. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz's contract gets too big. All those offensive line, Lane Johnson's yeah, contract. They'll be, be turnover. It's going to fall apart. Yeah. So Eagles, Eagles fans, we're not building for the future. We're in the future. You're in it now. We're in the now. Yes. So do not trade Nick Foles. Right. But if a first-round pick came out of Yeah, a first-round pick and maybe something else with it. I yes. know. That's where it could Especially change. Especially a team like the Bucks, where you're like, you might suck next year. Well, they might suck, right? And you also can play into their desperation a little bit because I think Jay Light and Dirk Cutter down there are on their last leg. If this doesn't work out this year, they're both going to be gone. So and you could argue. They could be the type of team that could be desperate to do that. I would also say Nick Foles is 29 years old. Yes. He's had one season where he went 27 touchdowns, two interceptions, another where he was the MVP of the Super Bowl. You could sell it to a fan base. He's our guy for the next five years. But I don't know if he really is. No, that's where I feel like, and too, if you're the owners of the Buccaneers where you have to step in and you have to go. He's not the guy. We're not leveraging the future uh, for Nick Foles, and we don't even know if you two fucking people are going to be here Mm. either. So let's just stick with what we did this offseason. You had faith in Ryan Fitzpatrick, and we're going to ride with it for now. Dirk Cutter has had one of the most beleaguered head coaching stints ever. I do feel bad for him. I do. Nothing has gone his way. Nothing. He's had very little support as far as a football team, offensive line, defense to help him Uh, out. And he's had a quarterback that's been a loose cannon, yes. And he had to have hard knocks one year. Exactly right. Yeah, so... And he had John Gruden breathing down his neck. If they did trade for Nick Foles... Mm -hmm. What do you think that means for the Buccaneers and Jameis? I think if it's over. I mean, it's completely over. Like, they might just say, don't even come back. You're a free agent next year. Do what you got to do. So, would you have cut Jameis Winston? I've seen a lot of people saying they will, and it's easy to say it from a studio. But if you were the GM, and this was your first pick in the draft, and it was your pick, and you know you're on your last leg, and then there's all of his actions off the field. I think so. You would have. I would have. And you know, you played a, the season with Fitzpatrick. Those are a tough, that's a really tough call. Um, but that's where you know, you're a GM or you're an owner or whatever, and you're making a ton of money. And what's the, great, the old saying? Like, with great power comes great responsibility. And to me, this would be one to where you have great power and the respon- you need to do the responsible thing. And this guy is shown to have less than average character as far as treating females through the last six, seven years of his life. The problem is, yeah. is that if you cut him, yeah. it makes your selection of him that much worse. I know. Because you knew what you were getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think they are going to cut him. No, they probably Obviously won't. not. No. Because we know that GMs want to protect their their record right. more than anything, right? But it's, it's, a, it's a weird situation. You have I, a daughter, and I. Yeah, it, that that's. A, I mean, it all we plays all have, into it. We all have women close to us. I'll be honest. It's we we're, we're both done with Jameis. Yeah, we're done. We are. I am totally done. I was done with him last season. Yeah, no, this is the final nail for me for sure. It's just all the information that came out through it. You know, I mean, the, even the, you know, again. Either the response to the Uber driver, you know, come on, just say it, say it, be responsible and man up for the action. Like even like I love her response. Her response was great. I accept this apology. Apology, even though it could use some work. Yeah, perfect response. She's done everything correct. And to me, she's proven that it's not. It wasn't just some feign. Bra- I mean, yeah. to me, this would be the case of going. No, this is someone that's legitimately had a complaint. They handled it the right way. There's no inkling of attention starvation or anything like that. Yeah. And the th- the true thing is, is, and I want to say this: 
women that are in this situation, I've said this before, I'm going to take their side pretty much 100% of the time. Something like the Reuben Foster case, though, kind of was like, oh, that's that was interesting. That's what happened well, there. well, yes. But Jameis, it's been consistent. It's multiple. It's an issue. Yes. Let's go to whoa. Big off season. Whoa. Uh, which woe do you like more? Whoa. Keanu. That sounds. Or Joey from Blossom. Whoa. That was Keanu. That almost, that Bill almost and sounds. Ted. That sounds like. Um, it sounds like uh, Quentin Nelson or that one. Hey, Quentin. What's up, man? Oh my God! It's your first <laughs> ever. Hey, Quentin. What? Quentin, what's up, man? So good. <laughs> uh, that might have to become a segment. I don't know what it is. I think I like the Joey Lawrence one better. Okay, so I'll, I'll use both. So Whoa. the really big woes will get Joey Lawrence. Right. The other one will get uh, Keanu Reeves. Andy Reid was watching big old, red. old Chris Sims draft videos. What? Because now he compared Mahomes to Favre. Patrick Mahomes to Favre. This was your big thing during the NFL draft, was that Patrick Mahomes has a little bit of Favre. A little I thought bit you were Rogers. actually talking, he went back and watched me, and I was like, what? This The reason that I love this woe big offseason is because it's not just Andy Reid's quote, it's a someone inside the Chiefs organization talking about the way that Andy Reid talked about uh, Mahomes. It does even better, right. Quote, Reid absolutely believed Mahomes had some Favre in his game. We constantly heard the comparisons, especially his ability to improvise and extend plays. He raved about his gunslinger mentality and big arm and how he could fit the ball in tight windows. Reed wasn't bothered by all the crazy throws. All of it reminded him of Favre. That's right. You got to live with some of that bad at first, and that will be the big thing this year. With Mahomes, that's he will have some throws. Well, that'll be what I'll be watching for. Yes, it's just you know, just to rein it in. He's so on Alex Smith. He's a baller, right? He just wants to go out and ball and make it happen. Oh yeah, coach, you told me this, but right, if it falls down, don't worry, I'll scramble to my right and throw a forty-yard laser to the left. Don't worry, no problem. I mean, that's what kind of talent he has. And yes, you go through frustrations like Andy Reid went through with Brett Favre early in his career. You go back and watch those NFL film clips; they're great. When Mike Holmgren's telling you know Brett Favre, no more rocket balls, please. And, you know, Brett's going, I had somebody on my show. Sure, you did. Sure, whatever. <laughs> he doesn't want to hear it. So he's going to have to deal with some of those things because uh, it's what makes him great. I'm so excited. Do it. Yeah, you, ha- you, you have to a degree. And he's going to throw, I bet you, four or five interceptions this year where you and me are going to go, what the hell was he thinking? That yes. was so stupid. But he's what? awesome. What? But then he's going to throw like 20 other passes where we're going to go, Pay that man his money. Or we're going to go, what? That <laughs> is an unbelievable throw. That would be, that, so he's in this, it's, it's going to be like that. And uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, he's one of the most exciting, or guys I'm most excited to see. All right. Uh, another thing that I love about Whoa. Big Off Season is when guys get compared to other guys. We've got one. <laughs> I'm still shocked that the Browns left the draft with Baker Mayfield and Ward. Ward. And I will say this, all the stories about Ward sounds like it's going to be a great pick. But Bradley Chubb was the guy that everyone was excited about. Chris Harris came out and said that Bradley Chubb looks like a young Khalil Mack. Big. He's around 280, around there. He can move. I see him being all over the field. I think he'll start. Remember, they have a first-round pick from a few years ago that's still on the roster. I think he'll start. He's been able to be that big of an impact in OTAs. I think he'll start next year across from Vaughn for sure. For sure. Shane Ray is not starting over Bradley Chubb. 
diff- different. These are that's, that's, that's yeah, it's just a different we animal. We said that the NFL quarterbacks were in trouble in the NFC West because that AFC West because AFC West because Mac and Vaughn were in the same division. And Bosa. Now and it Ingram. might be Vaughn and Mac on the same team. Yeah. Vaughn Chubb, Von Bradley Chubb. Von Chubb. Yes. It, what happens if he is like a Khalil Mack on the opposite side of a Von Miller? Uh, that's when you can have a defense that might be able to win the Super Bowl by itself or with a very average offense still be able to do that because they still have pretty good secondary play. They got defense defensive tackles that are pretty talented. The linebackers are solid too. That defense is still good. Now you have two guys like that where you can just go, man, we don't have to rush four. Mm. We, I mean, we can rush four all game long. It doesn't ever matter because you, seven you still got to add an extra blocker to block Vaughn or to Bradley Chubb because we can't leave our right and left tackle man to man. Or all your tight game. ends and running backs have to sit in there. Exactly. And, and we're going to have to do little things like that. We're going to have to disrupt the timing of our pass game because, yes, our tight end's going to have to chip the ba- chip the defense end before he runs his route. And now the quarterback's going to go, Where's the tight end? They're going to go, Well, we told him to chip all week. I, I, so that's where it gets very. The little things that really change the defense. In chemistry. terms of money, yeah. Vaughn's getting paid well. Mm-hmm. Let's say in a few years, Chubb wants to get paid well too. Yeah, is it okay putting that much money into a position of pass rusher? I'm okay with that. I am, and I don't think it's going to be as much when all said and done because we're four years away from that mark. Yes, right. And Von Miller, yeah, you do you kind of get like the prime of Von Miller right. with Chubb on a cheap contract, exactly. and then you can move on from Von. You can move on for Von, or you restructure with Von to get a little less, and he might he'll probably still be good. And then Chubb will be the star that gets paid the Von money, and Von will have to go back to the Chubb rookie contract status right. almost something like that. Yes. Man, I know it can be awesome. Denver is sleepy, Den- super sleepy. They are, they and really are. Part of the reason why I have faith in them is we're not betting on Trevor Simeon this year, who kind of deceived us mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Case Keenum, yeah, and that is our last. Whoa, Case Keenum loves that Jake Butt wants the ball. I forgot yeah, that, that the Broncos there. drafted Jake Butt in le- not last year's draft, the year before, right. and he tore his ACL or whatever it was. Right. Here's the problem with Jake Butt: I can't stop laughing. Because anytime someone says something about him, I just think that they're making butt jokes. Your last name is Butt. So Case Keenum said about his Jake. name is. What his middle name is? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. He said, Jake is a competitor. He wants the ball no matter what. He'll come back to the huddle and go, hey, you were open on that play. Even if there's three guys on him, he's like, yeah, you could have fit it in. So the butt says you could have fit it in. Right. <laughs> I'm a child. Uh, this, though, I feel like the coaches are starting to to get in on the act. Uh, offensive coordinator Bill Musgrave says he's going to be a terrific asset for us. Yes. That's a joke, right? Asset. But, like, are they just going to do this all year? I They're like, you know what? The best, I didn't even get it the when best it came thing out about your mouth. Jake, I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, the best thing about Jake Butt is he just knows how to turn the other cheek. <laughs> like, is, are they going to do this all year? Uh, Man, I just, he, when he squeezes one out, it's an incredible play there by Jake. <laughs> that would be Call awesome. him a terrific asset. Asset. That's awesome. Like, I feel like with Jake Butt, I would just do this all year long. Yeah, I love when he, he, he cuts the route off and just squats in the middle, just sits on it. I like when the butt sits in the middle of the field. Uh, I know, there's two T's, too, as I'm sitting here looking at his name. It's a real butt. It is a real butt. I need to grow up. No, you don't. Okay. You're good. Uh, I think he will be a real asset. I do, too. <laughs> because he's, um, 
I think what was being said there by Bill Musgrave too is he's not gonna he's not gonna like set records in the pass game. That's no. not what he is. He's a good all around tight end possession guy. You know what was he drafted in the fourth round maybe after the ACL tear and all that? He's probably a, a early third rounder if he didn't have the ACL ACL maybe second. Nothing he does extremely great, but does yeah. everything good. Right and. Yeah, Musgrave will be able to use a guy like that, for sure. And as Nikki G says, Bud is a real tight end. Bud is a real tight end. It's too It's too many. <laughs> I can't handle it. All right, so I talked earlier about the rating systems and how it's it's weird when I look at other... People look at your ratings and say, you're crazy. Yes. We look at other people's ratings and say, they're crazy. But I think one of our favorite guys had a very good bone to pick with the Madden ratings. Akeem Hicks, the Madden account, tweeted out about Tyree Kill being like, man, we're still trying to understand uh, about this speed. And he came back and said, while you're over there, think and fix my rating, how did I go from an 86 to an 85 with a better season? Hicks went to a was a Pro Bowl alternate. He should have gone to the Pro Bowl. He didn't make the top 100 cut either. Yeah, stupid. Akeem Hicks is a top 10 defensive lineman in the NFL. Definitely. He's he definitely dominated games yes, last year. Ask did. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, exactly right. No, he is a he is in the conversation without question for one of the five or six best interior D linemen in football. You want to know how bad the matting ratings were? What? There was only one guy on the Bears with a higher rating than Akeem Hicks. Who was it? They rated an 88. Hold on. Let me just think about You're that. You're never going to get it. It's a D lineman or is it defense? Nope. It okay. is defense. Okay, so did they give Fuller? <laughs> Not Goldman. <laughs> Not Floyd. <laughs> Holy shit. Look at you're in your fourth guess. This is why the Madden ratings don't make sense. Don't tell me like Danny Trevathan. <laughs> All right, hold on. Um the I safety, l- Eddie Jackson? <laughs> This is incredible. This is how bad the matting ratings are. Hold on a second. Who the hell am I missing here? Hold on. i got to pull up the roster here in a second. Adrian Amos. What? 88. Does that make any sense? No, he's not even the best safety on their team. I don't get it. So that's this is why it upsets me. Ratings are very arbitrary. Yeah. I didn't play in the NFL. I didn't play college football. I wasn't a coach. Madden was very important for me growing up right. to understand who was good. Right. When I would see a guy and then he'd have potential and he'd get better, I would look at things like throwing power. I look at things like throwing accuracy. For a lot of casual fans, Madden ratings matter. Yeah, right. And to have Adrian Amos in 88, it makes me think that his agent talks to EA Sports. That's first thing I thought of. Is it really? 100%. I said there's got to be a relationship there. Because why would Adrian Amos be damn near a 90? I, I, I don't know. Why was Adrian be Amos an 88 and Russell Wilson's an 89? Uh, right. What? How is Adrian Amos an 88 and Kyle Fuller's not? What? I mean, he's the best. I don't get it. Kyle Fuller is in the conversation 93? for... He's, yeah, he's in the conversation for like anywhere between that fourth and eighth best corner in football. He's in the convo. Some people might have him 10, 11, whatever, but he's in that convo. Adrian Amos isn't even mentioned in the top 32 safeties in the NFL. No. But Akeem Hicks, to me, he's a 95. But to give him an, to make him go down from an 86 to an 85 when he has a better season. Was there justification on the Tyree Kill thing? No, they were just saying that uh, it was it was a clip of Tyree Kill, and they went, man, he's so fast we can't even blink. It was just they're putting out content. Yeah, okay. They weren't actually saying anything. Another one, uh, 
There's been some people, including David Johnson, said that Chandler Jones should actually be a 99, but he's rated an 87. Okay. Well, he shouldn't be a 99. People are saying that uh, no one has more sacks in the last three seasons than Chandler Jones. He led it in tackles for loss, quarterbacks hit, and sacks. Where do you put Chandler Jones? He's the sixth highest rated edge rusher in the NFL, according to Madden. Right. Where do you actually have Chandler Jones in the NFL? Mm, he's he's about right. I would say about right there off the top of my head. That's where I wanted to put him. First of all, I know that's one thing. I don't know what the full story there that happened in New England, but New England's got to be looking at that one going, we, we might have messed up on that one. That, that, that Chandler Jones has whooped ass since he's been there. He is all over the field. I, I will say this. I don't think his sack output is quite relevant to his, his good he is. Like, I think he actually gets more sacks than, than I want to say he's less of a player than his sacks say. Okay. He's not the best pass rusher in football. No. I don't care if he got 17 and a half. He's definitely better than him. Uh, I, I mean, definitely Vaughn and Khalil, right off the bat. For sure, those guys are. Um, what about the Chargers? The Char- Bosa and Ingram? Uh, definitely. I'm, both of them? I'm taking both of them over him. I mean, I'm going to take Bosa over him. I think Ingram and him are very close. Very close. Jones's numbers are going to continue to be very good, or they were. This will be a big year for me. Okay. Because this is where my point was. The last two years, yes, it's been really awesome, but that is a very creative defense. The, and now they're going to more of a now base they're going front to the Carolina a, Panthers, and he's got to be put your hand on the ground and play four three defense end. They blitzed a lot. The it's, way it it's, was. The, it's Blitzburg. That's what they've been playing in uh, Arizona the last eight years. It's Blitzburg defense. So there's a lot of creative ways. He's ultra talented. Don't get me wrong. Miles Garrett, or Chandler Jones. I'm going to take Miles Garrett. Yes, Yannick Ngakwe or Chandler Jones. Ooh. I'm going to take Yannick Ngakwe. That's see there you go. So we've already put him. Past you're, six. you're putting him. You're right. So we're put, we're putting him right there. But he's right. Whitney Merciless. I'm taking him. You're taking Whitney Merciless. No, no, I'm taking uh, Chandler. Chandler. Jones. I am. Yes. I you know like okay yeah I mean Demarcus Lawrence or Chandler Jones. I'm going to probably take Chandler Jones still. It's okay. really close. Uh, Everson Griffin or Chandler Jones. Ooh, damn. It's a different guy. It's a different guy because Everson is more compact and powerful. Olivier Vernon or Chandler Ooh, Jones. That, there's a go. There's a, that's a good one too. Like Vernon's going to give you more run support, but right. Jones is going to get after the quarterback. I'd probably more. go with Jones just because he's of more that. valuable. Yes, but it's close. It's close because Olivier Vernon's one of those guys too that he deserves the fuck the playup stat. I got another guy that more. you're definitely taking over Chandler Jones. Cam Jordan. Definitely taking over. Definitely. Him. See, Cam's tough just because he's a little bit like Olivier D-tackle, Vernon. Tackle D N slashes slash ish, but yes. So, but th- there we go. Yeah, ninety nine. Come on, it don't we don't have to like lie just because he's on your team. Your uh, your favorite guy, Peter Schrager, said he should have been a ninety nine. No, he he's awesome. Nobody should be ninety nines in Madden except for people like Brady in their prime or Rogers in their prime or. There were six guys that were 99 this year, right. and I think they were all pretty much deserving. I think it was like Rodgers and blah, blah, blah. Right. Luke Keekley was a 99. Yeah, Luke Keekley was ranked too high in the NFL players list, yeah, too. Yeah, Luke Keekley's one of those guys, I think a little bit like Matthew, Clay Matthews, where he's going to have like two to three years of getting Pro Bowls and 99s on Madden yeah. when he's he's deteriorating. He is. He's really good he's still. He's still amazing. Yes, he's really good still. But yes, I don't think Luke Keekley is the best middle linebacker in football. I also remember a time when Madden didn't give out 99. I, I was going to say that to like, me, Tim my Bailey era, never was doing that. To my in my era, I don't remember anybody having Madden 99s. NFL nineteen has the most ninety nine rated players in a decade. Wow! Yeah, so it's six. So it's Antonio Brown, Aaron Donald, Gronk, who's not a ninety nine anymore. Keekley, Von Miller, and Aaron Rodgers. Mm. It's not bad. 
I still think Gronk's a 99. You do? I do. I think if you were rating wide receivers, uh, receivers and included tight ends, we always talk about our big three, big I four. I know. That's where, where the conversation. Yeah. So you have Antonio Brown, Julio, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell, AJ Green. I would say those are the top five, and then there's some other guys up there too. But where's Gronk sliding? Man, in? it's it's up there in age. Like injuries scare me. Like I'll say, I, Gronk might be number one. Yeah. You would take Gronk over Odell, Julio, and Antonio. I will say this. I think I'd take prime Gronk over any of them, yes. Wow. Gronk is one of the greatest mismatches in the history of the sport. And it's not just me. It's anybody I've ever talked to who never saw him or played against him, and then they played against him in person, and they were like, damn, we just didn't. We didn't realize how awesome he was until we got on the field. You know, we just, you know, we, we saw him on film. We knew he was big, but then we got out there and we were like, holy shit, he's really big. And maybe this isn't the, like, the, I, how many times I've heard that damn conversation, I can't tell you. Is it close? Like those guys in their prime and Gronk, who is the battle between Ooh, the most? Yeah, I, to me, it would be Gronk. I, me, it's Gronk, Julio, and Odell. Those three. Those are the three. Yeah, those are the three that have, they command a different, again, I don't want to slight Antonio Brown, but like we've said before, I'm a big, the biggest thing at the end of the day that will always give me my final say is how teams treat these players on film. And like you talked about last week with the punt coverage against Odell, Odell Beckham, Beckham Jr. with the Packers game, I've never seen that done. In any game ever since I've been alive and watched film, yeah. I've never seen a wide receiver on third down get punt coverage, mm. triple coverage Calvin, in a game. Calvin Johnson was he the first time I saw triple coverage. He might have got some of that too. You're right. I can't remember specifically seeing it, it was on also film. Their team was like just him. it was just him, right? Yeah. So yes, but that's the kind of things people think about Gronk too. Like there's games where a you, safety linebacker sometimes just, they might go D end and linebacker over the top of him with his kneel, and they both jam him at the line of scrimmage on the pass play before the DN goes in. He goes, I'm going to give him a good jam so my linebacker can get in a good spot and jam him too, The other and thing then I'm going to rush. For you, like, where would you put Gronk in terms of blocking exactly. tight ends of all time? He's in one of the greatest of all time. That's where it gets lost in translation. That's so you would take Gronk, if we were doing just pass catchers, you would take Gronk over Odell He's Julio. such a weapon because, I like I've always said, he's like an extra tackle on the football field, and uh, on the outside... He is a really good route runner who's much faster than people think, and he is just a huge human being. Would you take Travis Kelsey over any of them? No. Okay. No. So Close, Gronk is really that special. I think Gronk is the greatest tight end in the history of football. I mean, I, I know Kellen I, I've heard senior. Belichick like, say, yeah, he might be. So I, I know I'm not crazy in that. Mark Bavaro. <laughs> well, he, he's Bavaro. But just like the new age version who's been able to stay a little healthier than Bavaro. Bavaro really fell apart in a hurry. What do you think of Gronk's like cat like metal arm with like all the braces and stuff? Yeah, it's like that JJ Watt thing where I always go, eh. JJ Watt Barry Bonds at the end of his career. Right. It feels a little unfair. I know, I know. But the refs just don't like seem to have a problem with, with it. I know. It but there's no metal in there. Um, so they're not allowed to have that. Surprise. I can't believe you just took him over everybody. That's I know, wild. I actually can't believe it either as I was talking and thinking in my brain. <laughs> thinking in my brain. We got our man Connor O'Neill. Uh, he sent us a report about Manziel in week two. Oh. I wasn't really that interested, but he sent us a report uh, for week three. Okay. Thank you, Connor. Uh, hold on. I'm going to get a different one. 
I have one where I actually like underline what he said. So Connor O'Neill, he's went, he went to another Hamilton game, and what yeah. do you know? Hamilton's two and one. They they beat Winnipeg thirty one seventeen. So he said, "This is from our our embedded fan reporter Connor O'Neill." Said that at Tim Hortons Field, it was packed, and looking around, all you could see was black and yellow number two Hamilton jerseys. That's so Johnny Manziel is selling out jerseys at Hamilton. Fans wanted Manziel to take the field so badly, they even cheered when he took a squirt from a Gatorade bottle. So instead of watching the game, Connor tells us that fans saw him take a squirt of a bottle and started Woo! cheering. Nobody squirts that water like you, man. man Woo! I'm going to buy my kid a jersey because you Ooh, can drink, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, can drink, drink some water. water. Masoli, though, apparently he's got a little Alex Smith with Patrick Mahomes playing out of his mind. 31 for 41 for 369, a touchdown, an interception, playing like a man possessed. Right. This is what Connor O'Neill brings up, though. He's still on the bench, man. Yeah. In week two, the Toronto Argonauts quarterback, Ricky Ray, suffered a serious injury. Mm. And because he's 38, he might not ever play again. Mm. We already know that Manziel probably wants to go to the six. Wants to go to Toronto, Drake. hang out with this Drake and the new album Scorpion. So the big talk right now in the CFL is: Could Manziel get traded to Toronto and be their starting quarterback? Mm, that's what they should do. The league should almost force it. I mean, if I'm the Canadian Football League, I'm like, I'm calling June Jones and like really going like, do you really think there's a future? Is Masoli your guy? If he is, like, well, apparently he's them. playing out of his mind. Yes, I know. And I've read some of the quotes on June Jones over last week, too, where it didn't sound like he was backing down from Masoli. Like, Masoli's yeah. still the guy. Um, yeah, so I want to know if it's his be guy or if, if Masoli, like in practice, is actually a lot better than Manziel. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if he was. Well, I, you know, like I told you, I told you some of those reports from the, you know, what was that? The, what is it? The AA, what the hell was AAFL? that? AAFL? Yeah, right. The, the, it was not as. Or the other American. It wasn't very impressive from Manziel in those practices. So, yes, uh, I would obviously. So if you're the CFL, you're forcing a trade to Toronto. I'm, I'm definitely trying to, yes. David Sterning. Yes, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if you you are, I mean, they had Doug Flutie wearing number two in Toronto once. Now they got the new the new Ooh. Doug Flutie wearing two. Do you think Hamilton? I mean, I would be upset if I was a Hamilton fan and yes. I never actually got to see Johnny Manziel play. Yeah, I know, but sorry, it's the Canadian Football League, man. Yeah, yeah so that that was Connor O'Neill with his uh, thanks, Johnny Connor. Manziel report. Thank you so it, much, man. buddy. You are the man. Appreciate you. Uh, all right, so NFL.com, it is ranking season, and I think this is where we're going to wrap up. Uh, they did their coach rankings. Uh, Elliot Harris, I think, did it. Okay. He, he does his pro rank, power rankings during the season. I usually disagree with them mm. all the time. I think it's hard to agree with rankings is what I'm realizing. Well, of course it is. Number one coach in the NFL, Bill Belichick. Have you seen these rankings yet? No, not all at right. all. Do you want to see them, or do you want to give me your number two? Why don't you give me who you th- who you in your mind, Chris Sims, is the second best coach in the NFL? Gosh damn you, gosh damn you! I think the number two head coach in football. As you're putting me on the spot here, I'm sorry. Gonna, I, it's okay. I think the number two coach in football. I'm I'm gonna go. Am I missing anybody here? I'm gonna go with Sean Payton. Same as Elias. Me and Elias, I like you very much. Okay, so Sean Payton's two. And you say that not just as an offensive mind, total, as a total coach. Head coach. Yes, total head coach. Who else are you putting in there? Who else are you debating? Like, okay. like give me the who wants to be a millionaire. What other coaches are in this next range? Yeah, the next range to me, of course, Pete Carroll has to be in that conversation. 
Uh, he has him at number three? Yep, that would probably be my number three pick. Really? Yes. And it sounds like you these are guys that run the organization. They run the organization, and you could say what you want about Pete Carroll. His teams are always competing, playing mm. tough as hell, and I don't care who they are or what they are or what it is. They believe they can win because he's brainwashed them to compete and think they're special, and that's part of his genius. Yes. How about you give me your top five, and then I'm going to pick certain guys. Okay, okay, yeah. So you have Belichick, Sean Payton, Pete Carroll. Yep. Ah. Uh, Gosh. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna think. Pick here. me, man. Pick, Pick me. me. That's what all the coaches are saying to Sims right now. Oh man. I I don't want to give like Shanahan and McVay the love yet. Okay. But damn, it might be hard for me to do that, even though they're one year in. Okay. So first of all, Mike Tomlin's going to be in the next combo. I don't give a damn what he pe- is number four. Okay. That's. Do that. you agree with that? I think so. So so far, you're agreeing with this list. I think I am agreeing with this list to this point. And honestly, the guy that comes to mind... So here at number five... If you get the same top five, I'll crack up. Number five to me is between, I think, Andy Reid and John Harbaugh. Okay, pick one. It's one of those two, because I can tell with your reaction. I mm, I think I'd go with John Harbaugh. It's really That's close. incredible that you so you have the same top five. Wow. Okay, so Belich- I promise you, I never looked at Belichick, it. Belichick, so. Sean Payton, Pete Carroll, Tomlin, Harbaugh. Where are the gaps? Like, is it Belichick and then a huge gap to Sean Payton? I think it's Belichick and a gap. Certainly. Okay. And yes. then is there another gap after I think, Sean Payton? I think Sean Payton, Carroll. Cara- Pete Carroll are around the same level to me. And then there's a gap to Mike Tomlin? I think there's a little gap there. Yes, I do. Okay. So uh, I'm going to say, so by the way, the rest of the top 10, he had John Harbaugh at 5, Mike McCarthy at 6, Andy Reid at 7, Doug Peterson at 8, yeah. John Gruden at 9, Okay. Mike Zimmer at 10. Okay. I'm not mad at those. He had Sean McVay at 13. Yeah, well, you behind know, Dan Quinn, Ron Rivera. That's fine. I, I again, you know, I'm I'm friends with those guys. I don't think they should be put in that list yet. I, and I mean that with all due respect to Sean and Kyle. They got they need another year to show their worth there. I mean, I know they got a lot of potential, but I don't think we can put them in the top ten yet. So the Mike McCarthy one, mm, right? Number six. It's really interesting because I know I rag on him about his offense, but you love him as a head coach. Man, he does everything else right. Everything runs the team, handles the media. They play tough. They yep. have good game plans. Amazing everywhere. situational their, their football. Game plans match up, and they play the game the right way. Even though his offense is crap, he he handles uh, end of halves and end of games really really well. Right. Overtime, they're always super prepared. I mean, it's All not the players his fault. Make heady plays. It's not his fault. Russell Wilson threw a jump ball and a yes. two point, and haha, Clinton Dix didn't go up and get it. They the the coaching was perfect on that play. Yes, the coaching was perfect on the onside kick as well. Right, his guy just didn't catch the ball. Yes, so those are not coaching. Right, no, that's where I think sometimes people go, oh well, they messed up the end of the game. They blame it on the coach, and you go, no, actually the Coach was a hundred percent right. Yeah, like that's honestly my big issue with Andy Reid is just his clock management has that's been so been bad issue. for so long. Right. Uh, where do you think they have Kyle Shanahan? Well, people hate Kyle. There's certain people that hate Kyle. I would say they're jealous of Kyle. I just Ky- want to say this. Yeah. 32 is Hugh Jackson. Yeah. And then there's a long list of all the new guys, right? Steve Wilkes of Arizona. So what, they like Kyle like 22. 23. Yeah, that's a little that's a little low. It's a little low. They have he has Kyle Shanahan. McVay 13 or would you say McVay was 13? Yes. And Kyle 22 that Kyle Shanahan is 23. Todd Bowles is 22. Mm -hmm. Adam Gase is 21. Marvin Lewis is 20. 
Sean McDermott's 19, Jay Gruden's 18, Anthony Lynn is 17. But yeah, I thought Kyle Shanahan's right in front of all the new coaches Kyle, and Dirk Cutter. Kyle is just not a political figure. Yeah, but I don't so think because a lot of this that, is politics. Well, it just be, but because of that, there are certain people, and like we've talked about this with years leading up to Kyle becoming a head coach, how there was a, some people out in the world who weren't always fond of Kyle. The statement under Kyle Shanahan on their website yeah, was, what's it say? was how much of the end of the year was Jimmy Garoppolo oh, and how see, much was Kyle that just, Shanahan. That, so basically what he's saying there is I'm a little bit of a Kyle Shanahan hater. I don't know why. But oh yeah, Jimmy G went in there. I mean, no, I mean, again, we just heard Jalen Ramsey come out and say they got schemed to death, and it wasn't Jimmy G. They were competitive in every game with with the fifty seventh best quarterback in football. They were covering I mean, the spread before Jimmy Garoppolo got there. Exactly. So it's 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 again, he just needed a little bit more talent in the position. If I was going to be anything bad about my friend Kyle, yeah, I think they screwed up by starting C.J. Beathard and even drafting him. I, I've said that. Yes. Uh, but within that, yes, they stayed competitive and. No, the questions are not about Jimmy G or Kyle. The questions are about Jimmy G. We know Kyle's awesome. It's top five offenses and top ten offenses like every freaking year he's been an offensive coordinator. We have to see Jimmy G. Jimmy G just finally gave them the few extra plays they needed to get over the hump in those last few games. Mm. My question with Harbaugh. Do you not think they'd be a playoff football team if they were on the Rams and you know, if he was the head coach of the Rams and McVeigh was on the 49ers? I mean, I think Kyle and, and, and Sean are so close in what they are. Even right now, I don't care about the team talent level. Yeah. As minds, they are very close. It's so crazy they work together. Yeah. yeah but for me, it's wild. Like guys like John Harbaugh, yeah. who everyone can agree is a top five, top seven NFL head coach if you're betting out with like Andy Reid and Mike McCarthy and those guys. But John's underrated, Jim's overrated. I agree. Yeah. But with John Harbaugh, even though you're a top guy and your team, let's say, doesn't make it to the playoffs, you still get fired. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and why not keep a guy that you know you're likely not going to hire someone better than him? Is it? Uh, how do, I, I've never understood that in the NFL. Yeah, I know. Because everything runs its course, too. You know, you've got, you got to remember the personal side of it, too. Sometimes people just get like, man, we need a change in the front office. This guy, it's just getting old. The message, nobody's buying in it anymore. Yeah. Everybody hates him now. Whatever it is. I mean, Pete Carroll got fired. Bill Belichick got fired. So it's going to happen. Jimmy Johnson got his ass fired. Yeah. You know, so it, it's just, it's. I think more of the personal side that sometimes they look at, like, we just need a new shakeup in the organization. Um, but what, what, what do we know about John Harbaugh? We know his teams are going to be tough, physical, both sides of the football. And innovative. It, it, right. Like, innovative that's the in thing certain about little ways. Like that, that's why I would put Harbaugh over McCarthy and Reed, is McCarthy and Reed both run really good ships. Yeah. But Harbaugh is going to come out there with some new wrinkles. And also... I mean, what he's done with special teams is little, and he's like the one team that's willing to pick a fight with the Patriots and can win. I think that's where you give him the edge. They're they're fearless about where they go and play. Oh, you want us to go to New England? We'll go knock you. We'll go knock heads with you. Let's do it. Oh, you want us? You know, whatever. They're they're ready to play ball. What do you think about Gruden at nine? Yeah, it's probably a little bit on like past laurels. Um, And Doug Peterson at eight. Yeah, I think that's about right. I gotta see. I'd I'm like still to weird see, with Doug. I, don't I know. know. I think Doug is has proved himself to be in that top ten conversation after this year. Uh, John is a phenomenal mind. Yeah, I don't know if I could have put him at number nine right off the bat here. Um, 
But yeah, he'd probably be around that conversation. I'm looking at your list. Just, yeah, take it. Yeah, just to look at it. Like, yeah, I, it'd be hard for me to put a Mike Zimmer or a Dan Quinn or a Ron Rivera or a Sean McVay in front of John Gruden. Yes, it would be. So mm. I think that's about right. I think John could have been anywhere from 6 to 10. I do. Hey, listen, he's been there. He's done it. He's led a lot of football teams to some great things. He understands the sport at its total. And, uh, yeah, I do think he's in that combo. Awesome. Guys, you are the shit, as always. I hope that your summer is going great, and I hope that you are having a big offseason yourselves. Uh, I'm going to chill out on the sounds. Uh, Guys, we're going to have a special mailbag episode on July 4th. Uh, Again, we've had hundreds of questions. We're going to get the big fucker on there. We're, and we're going to get Big Phil to answer some questions on the podcast. So right. I'm super excited about that. Uh, hit us up on social, as always, at Sims and Lefko. Head to iTunes. Leave us a review. I think we're at a... May- if we hit a thousand five star reviews, I'm gonna be very excited. So I have to check that. Uh, but Fendrick will be joining if us. If we hit a thousand five stars review, Bleacher Report has to pay me a million dollars. Not really. That is in the I contract. Wish. That would be amazing. <laughs> that man, his, his money. Uh, four Sims. Peace out, homies. Fendrick would say good evening, and the L E F K O E man says holla holla. Have holla. a good Fourth of July. Have a great Fourth of July, guys. If you want to care about the NFL, you better be listening to Sims and Lefko, the Players Podcast. We'll holla at you later. Peace.